0: Hello and welcome to the Building Christian Fellowship Podcast. We are very excited that you have decided to tune in today and pray you are blessed by today's message. Who waits till their car breaks down to take it to the shop? Yes. See, God's going to give you extra grace on there because you, you admitted it. But just let, I just want to let you know that you are not the only one in here because people generally do not take their vehicle to a mechanic. Until there's something wrong with it. Oh, it sounds funny. That doesn't sound right. No, it doesn't. But I just want to just remind you guys of something. Okay, so what am I getting at? Is this if you do regular maintenance on a vehicle, its chances of breaking down become slim. Now some things break down, but guess what? If you if you Get regular maintenance. When things go wrong, you can get it fixed quick before it breaks down and you just, man, now it's a bill that you're just, now you got a car sitting in the driveway, right? Why am I saying that? Because this Tuesday, we are starting building families. Some of you in here are saying stuff like, well, my family's great. Well, good. That doesn't mean you shouldn't be here. I'm saying you need to come and do regular maintenance on your relationships and on your families. Why you still can. Don't wait till there's a breakdown in your family to start asking for advice. That should have been the message today. I'm just saying this from my heart to you guys because what I see a lot as a pastor, and I've been seeing a lot, is is a lot of people will come to us after things are completely and totally wrecked. And I'm, I'm sorry, Jesus is the carpenter, not me. He puts things back together. He does the rebuilding. I, as a pastor, I counsel you spiritually. Now, I know a lot of people think that uh, uh, pastors can fix everything. Like, my wife and I have these special pastor powers. We don't. The same Jesus that works in us works in you. Amen. Sometimes God gives us the spirit of wisdom. And, and we use the spirit of wisdom. But at the end of the day, I can't fix anything and I don't want it to break down. I'd rather do maintenance. Maintenance. So this Tuesday, starting this Tuesday, we have a six week series called Building Families. We are going to cover, I think, everything. I mean, because whether you know, you know, there's families in here that are just jacked up. You guys know that? Come on. We got people in here that got parents, friends, family in prisons. We got people in here whose family's on the run. We got blended families, broken families. We got completely families that have been complete since, you know, they were dating in high school, got married, and have kids and been doing great. We got the full gamut. But we're all going to learn how to strengthen our families. We're going to talk about every aspect. And what we're asking you guys to do, like especially today, you don't have to put your name on it, but there's a connection card. Right on the card if you have a question. Maybe you're going through something, a struggle in your family that you want to talk about. How can I help this person in my family? How can I lead my family to Christ? How can I minister to my wife, uh, my wife who her son that is not mine is living like a demon? I mean, you know, stuff like that. Yes, okay, thank you. Okay. So, I'm going to get on with the message. Praise the Lord. It might be a long message, it might not. But uh anyway, I don't know if you guys know I used to work in the medical field. And because uh I worked in the medical field, it 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 offered me a great opportunity to be around all kinds of people. I worked with veterans, uh before I quit and became pastoring full-time, and it was just, it was really nice working in the hospital. I loved it because God would always set up divine appointments with people. I I had opportunities to go talk to people, like God would say, go here to the emergency room, and I didn't work the emergency room, but God would set it up for me to go in the emergency room, and I would walk, and I'd be like, "Where, where am I going, God? I don't know. I mean, these kind of things happen, you guys, Because God loves people so much. And I remember one particular guy, I walked in, and and I was like, where am I going? And as soon as I looked over, I I just felt it in my spirit. And there was a dude sitting in a corner, had a bunch of doctors and nurses around him. They were talking to him, and they were putting stuff up. And he (laughs) he was breathing really hard. He was having a lot of trouble. So everybody just walked away from him, and they pulled the curtain. So I walked over to him, and I looked at him, and I said, hey, man. I know you're going to probably think this is strange. I work over in the x-ray department, but the Lord sent me over here to talk to you. And what he's telling me to let you know is you're about to slip off into eternity. But it's your choice right now where you're going to spend the rest of your life. And he's breathing. And you can see the anxiety and everything, but he's breathing. he looks at me and goes, hurt it. I don't want it. It broke my heart. Like God, you loved him so much that you sent me over there to say something to him, and I expected miracles. I I thought, like, boom, he's gonna get up, all this other stuff. But God afforded him the opportunity, and I looked at him, and and with a broken heart, I don't even know who this dude was. He's an old veteran, and I said, listen, man, while you still have breath, you can still repent. You don't have to repent to me, but if something touches you while you're sitting here, and you believe in the Lord Jesus. You believe that he died on the cross. And I went through the whole thing. And he looked at me He's he was like, he said, thank you, but no thank you. So I left him alone. And that just really touched me at that point. I was like, wow. And that was a sad moment. But working in, the, working in the hospitals, there's some sad things, some good things. And one thing I've realized is that when a person realizes when they're coming to the end of their life here on earth, When they know it's, what's the word, imminent, it's about to happen. When they're laying in their bed and they know this is about to happen. They always seem to make a request. People always have requests. Whether you hear them or you you can't discern what they're doing, they always have a request. And most of the time that request is this. They want to make their peace with God. Or two, they want to make peace with the people around them. They want to make sure that their place where they're going is going to be a nice place. And then the other one, that second one is, they want to make sure the ones that they truly love and care about are taken care of. I've noticed that. Now, as a pastor, I've also had the great honor of sitting on the side of a few people as they transition from this life to the next life. Now, I say, yes, it's an honor. Why is it an honor? Because I get to hear the pure heart of a man or woman's request. I hear that pureness of their heart because they don't care about anything else. What's coming from them is pure. And there's nothing more beautiful than to hear what is most important to a person before they leave this earth. It's a beautiful thing. Now, I recall one time, Kai and I, right after we got married, her grandmother um, was terminally ill. And we went to go see her. We went to the hospital. She was laying there. Um, she wasn't going to make it home, basically. So we went to go say goodbye and to ensure that uh, she had a chance to say hello to us again in the next life, if you understand what I'm saying. We knew she was going. But our job there wasn't just to say bye to Grandma. It's to make sure that we're going to say hello to her again on the other side of life. Now we went there, we went there to share Jesus with her. And now now listen, I need you to listen closely. We didn't want to share the Jesus of the Jehovah Witnesses with her. But the Jesus who is God in the flesh, born of a virgin by the power of the Holy Ghost. The Jesus that walked this earth performing miracles and fulfilling prophecy. The Jesus that was falsely accused, despised, and rejected. The Jesus that was born, that had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. The Jesus that was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and, and our chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. The Jesus that was crucified, buried, and buried. Um, buried in a borrowed tomb, the same Jesus that was resurrected three days later. The Jesus that ascended into heaven and gave us the Holy Spirit. The Jesus that by that name, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. Now, I had to make that distinction. Because there's a lot of people that claim Jesus. Louis Farrakhan's claiming Jesus. The have Witnesses are declaring Jesus. The Mormons are declaring Jesus. It's not the same Jesus of the Bible that we read. Some of them believe that he was just a prophet. Some of them believe that he is Michael the archangel. But he is Jesus, God in the flesh. We got to make that distinction. And we wanted to make sure... That Kai's grandmother knew, look, this is not just an angel that came to talk to Mary or, or whatever you think it is. This is God in the flesh. Well, we shared the gospel with her right there on her deathbed, and she repented, and she received Jesus as her Lord and Savior. We were happy about it. We were glad, but we thought it was over. But she stopped us, and she had a request. It was odd. And I remember looking at her, she said this. These are her dying words. How can you say you love God whom you can't see, but you don't love your brothers who you can see? Her request was that her family would get along. Because there was a huge division and fighting amongst her children. Now, mind you, she had adopted children, too unofficially, because there were kids that were out on the street um, that didn't have families or places to go, and she would just bring them in the house. So she adopted, so all her children were fighting, but her dying wish was that her children would get along. Her last desire, what she wanted most before she left this world was to make sure, she's like, I don't have to see it, I just need to know what's going to happen. Whatever a person's last request, whatever a person's last request is before leaving this earth, is what's most important to them. Whatever a person's last request before leaving this earth is what's most important to them. And that brings us to today's scripture. We have Jesus making his final request before he ascends into heaven. Before he goes into the throne, his final request would be. His heart's desire for his children. John 17, 21 to 24, and he says this. I pray that they will be one just as you and I are one. As you are in me and Father and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you have given me because you love me even before the world began. Amen. Jesus' last request for his followers, his last request for his disciples, the last request he had for Christians would be this, that they would be one. Somebody say one. Now you guys know in the last two weeks I've been preaching about agreement. Amos 3 and 3 says this, can two walk together unless they agree? So what Jesus is saying is, I want them to be one. I want them to walk together. I want them to be in agreement. We learn that biblical belief means agreement, not just acknowledging the existence or presence of something. We also learn that God desires to walk with us. God says, look, I want to walk with my children again. So what God did was he ordered agreement steps for us. Psalms 37.23 says this, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. So we, we learned that God said, listen, I want to walk with you, but so you don't walk in your flesh. I'm going to order steps, agreement steps, that if you follow in those steps, you will walk alongside with me, and we shall be in fellowship. We shall be one. But if you walk outside those steps, we can't be in agreement and we can't be together. Now, the problem is with a lot of us is we tend to make our own steps thinking we can follow Jesus the way we want to walk. You know, uh, I think the request that Kanye West made was Jesus walk with me. You guys remember that? No. Jesus said, I've ordered your steps so that you can walk with me. There's a big difference. Don't be fooled, saints. <laughs> and as we turn and look and we read in John 17, God desires his children to walk together. Listen to this. If we walk in agreement steps that, that God has ordered, we can walk with God and we can walk with each other in agreement. The same steps that God ordered for us to walk with him are the same steps that he ordered for us to walk together in unity. Now, if you guys are in here and you've guessed correctly, you see where I'm going with this. I felt very compelled to bring this message today because of all the disunity that's going on in the world right now. If you haven't seen it or you don't know about it, you don't have social media or television. You're a hermit and you live in a house you don't talk to anybody. The, the, the issues with taking a knee in the NFL and racism and what isn't racism, what's honor, and what's dishonor, has divided our country even further. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm more concerned with the division in the church than I am with the division in the world. My concern as a pastor is what's going on in church. Why? Because worldly people do worldly things. I expect it. I expect people without Jesus to act like they don't have Jesus. I I expect it. Do you guys approach a dog and just go to a dog and be like, ah hi? You guys do that? Because I've seen people that do it. You do it? I expect every dog that has teeth in his mouth to bite me. I just expect it, big or little. I'm going to the other side of the street. Like, like <laughs> But we as Christians shouldn't be acting like the world. We should be the example for the world. Especially on how to get along. You guys, there is a disease that has infected the church. And the symptoms are obvious. And, and, and let me remind you, I said the church. Not the world, but the church. Now, if you listen very closely, listen very closely to this. We can focus on the symptoms of the disease, but it won't cure the disease. So often, we go to the doctor and we talk about the symptoms that we have. And we're looking for relief of the symptoms instead of trying to find a cure for what's causing the symptoms. And we've taken the same attitude with everything else in our life. The symptoms of this disease that has infected the church is racism, division, dissensions, disunion, dismemberment, divorce, and dividing. And that's just name a few. The church, there's a disease. And for me to sit down and make you aware of the symptoms you're still ignorant of the disease. Churches, church, listen, do you know what? The church is actually equal to the world in divorce rates. So, which tells me whatever the world's suffering from, the church is also. Now, this disease has spread into the church and has become an epidemic. Now, me being the doctor that I am, according to my wife, right, Kaya? Okay. I'm going to explain to you how transmission of a disease happens. Most of you guys know this, but I'm just going to pretend like you don't know. A common way for a disease to spread is through the direct transfer of the disease from one person to another. This can occur when an individual with the sickness touches, kisses, coughs, sneeze on someone who isn't. Infected. Pause. This tells me that the infected has to kiss, cough, or sneeze on the uninfected, which actually means the t- that tells me is that you're being a little bit too close to sick people. If you know somebody has the flu, you ain't going to go around and be all in their face. God help my kids. My kids are sick. I'd be like, stay in your room. I don't want it. Got a, got a towel wrapped around my face and dishwashing gloves on my hands, going and giving them medicine like. <laughs> Walk out the room and burn everything. <laughs> Trying to get sick. But we don't have that attitude when it comes to the world as a church. We understand that these people in the world are Sick but we're still hanging around with them so close that if they cough or sneeze, we're going to catch what they got. It's happening in the church. We become lovers of the world, and we are now infected with the same sickness they have. But I have a cure. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty three. it says this, don't be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good manners. You know what, that, you know what that's saying? You know what that's saying? You're going to catch whatever you're hanging around with somebody. I don't care how, how your character is. It says if you got great character, if you are a person of loyalty, integrity, and honor, you hang around somebody that's got something that's opposite of that, bad company corrupts good character. I don't care how healthy you are, how you eat, what vitamins you're popping, you hang around with somebody that got got the flu, you're going to get the flu. Amen. All right. Well, no, I'm going to hang around them because my healthiness is going to cure their sickness. Our relationship with the world has ruined our Christian character. The church shouldn't have the affections for the world. The world should, should be desire, the world should desire to be like us. And instead of us desiring to be like the world, you know what we do? We go around and try to figure out what we can do to make the world accept us. So we go out and hang with the world. Now, don't get me wrong. I ain't talking about having fun. But we start to try to emulate the stuff that worldly people are doing. So when they see us and you go, oh, I'm a Christian, you're like, oh, well, you ain't no different than me. I'm just saying, I know personally, I have this issue when I work out. If somebody looks like they haven't worked out and looks at me and says, hey, man, can I train you? No. I'm just being honest with you. I'm being honest with you about doctors, too. I got a doctor that comes in to me and they're way out of shape, breathing hard and all that stuff. I'm gonna be like, uh-uh, give me another doctor. There is no way you could tell me how to be healthy when you're living an unhealthy life. Did you catch it? How are you going to tell me how to eat, take care of myself, and do all this? And you come in here like, oh, yeah, we took a look at your labs and uh, whew. No, Doc, no. First John chapter 2, verse 15 to 17 says this. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man or woman loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust thereof but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. What does that mean to do the will of God? To walk in the agreement steps that he has ordered. That's doing his will. Because in his agreement steps is your purpose and plan in life. And God delights in it. Now listen, now, because I'm going to get technical with you guys. It is an actual disease. And this disease that, that the world has is called anemonia. Or Anamia. I'll take it back. Anamia. Say it with me. Anamia. Anamia. Yes, yes, yes. This this anamia is a real word. The, The world is sick with it. And that is a Greek word that means unrighteousness. And I need you guys to know, but there's a cure for this disease. The cure for this disease of unrighteousness is called Jesus Christ. I have the cure. Now, what I'm about to say may make you feel uncomfortable, but the truth is very uncomfortable. Me bringing awareness to the symptoms of a disease doesn't bring healing of the disease. Can I say that again, to you protesters? Bringing awareness to the symptoms doesn't bring healing to the disease. Are you with me? If I stop you from coughing, that doesn't mean that you don't still have pneumonia. I am fully aware of cancer. I'm fully aware of famine, I'm fully aware of terrorism, and I'm fully aware of racism. But I have a cure. Me protesting the NFL doesn't bring anybody to Christ. Me kneeling during the national anthem doesn't bring anybody to Christ. Me standing during the national anthem doesn't bring anybody to Christ. Me calling for impeachment of Donald Trump doesn't bring anybody to Christ. Me supporting. Donald Trump doesn't bring anybody to Christ. But me bringing people to Christ will solve the problem. It will cure the disease. Saints of God, stop acting like the world and start acting like Christ. (laughs) As I bring this to a close. John 17, 23. Jesus said this. This is is what I love about this. We read it earlier. He says that they may experience such perfect unity. Jesus prayed before he left this world, which was most important to him, which was that we all experience perfect unity. If we desire for the world to be like us, we need to be together. You look around even right now in this church. We have all kinds of different colored people, different ethnicities, different nationalities, different cultures, different ages, different age ranges. And we got to look around and we got to stop looking at everything through white eyes, through black eyes, through Asian eyes. We got to start looking at everything through the blood of the cross of Jesus Christ. My opinions about the what's going on in the world doesn't matter. Trust me. Ask my wife. I got political opinions, but they don't mean nothing. They don't. I got an opinion on each one of the subjects, but at the end of the day, do they know Jesus? Do they know Christ? You guys, I need you to listen. You can look at your skin color because I'm going to correct thousands of pastors, including myself. I said this one. Look around, everybody. People say, this is what heaven looks like. Black, white, Asian, Hispanic. No, it doesn't. It doesn't look like this. You know why? Because there's no color. Just like there's no marriage. Color, the reason why we're dark is so we can live here on the earth in different climates and atmospheres. That's why we have color. In heaven, we don't have no need for that it is it's flesh god said he's gonna give me a new body so this is not what heaven's gonna look like this is what heaven on earth looks like but when i get to heaven i'm gonna see people that look just like me little rays of light because god said listen this is what he said in the scripture He says that they will see the glory. I want them to know the glory that you've given me because I've given them the same glory. See, this flesh is holding back the glory that God gave us. And the day that we get to heaven, we will be shown in the glory that he has given us. No color. No nationality. (laughs) Saints of God. Jesus' last request before he left this earth is that you and I would be one. And the reason why he wanted us one, and he said, he said this, he said that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. He said, listen, people are going to know that God sent Jesus Christ in this world by the unity that's in the church. But if we take on the arguments and the attitudes and the stance that the world is doing, then we are no better than the world. And they're going to look at us and we are making Christ of non-effect. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 3 says this, Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit of Finding yourselves together with peace. You know, why I don't argue on Facebook or social media with my brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, why I don't post personal opinions because it makes Jesus look bad. God forbid. I want the world to see us agree. You know what? You may not agree with whatever's going on in the NFL. You may not agree what's going on in the White House. Don't publicize it. Why don't you publicize something about Jesus? You know what's really funny about this? We're so divided. Do you know that the kingdom of darkness isn't even divided? Hell itself has unity. The devil and his minions have unity. They obey him. That's how they're able to work and do what they do. But we can't even get the work of God done because we're so dismembered. Can we agree to disagree? Not for our sakes, but for Christ's sake. How many people have prayers they want answered? You guys got prayers that you want answered? Why don't you try answering Jesus' prayer first? prayer was this that we be one can you do that for him before you ask him to do something for you he's already died for you and all he's asking you to do is give up your right to be right and agree even if it is degree to, to disagree I expect the world to be divided but I have the cure for the world Saints to God my religion trumps my civil rights My Christianity trumps my color. My Christ trumps my culture. President Trump wants to make make America great again. But Jesus Christ wants to make America free from sin. (laughs) God wants us to experience perfect unity. In our unity, the whole world will know that Christ lives through us. I'm going to read this last scripture and we're going to close. Ephesians 5, 8 through 13. For you were once in darkness, but now you are light. You are now the light of the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Our call, Saints of God, and our purpose is to bring to bring Jesus Christ the light of the world to all these people that don't know him and allow the light to expose the darkness. Not us expose it. Let the light expose the darkness. And when the light expose the darkness, they will receive the cure for their disease. Amen. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. And if you would like to know more information about our church, please visit thebuildingcf.com or download our app on all major app stores and marketplaces. Once again, thank you and have a blessed day.